What's up, The Cut Life? We are back with our podcast, and I am so excited about the new direction of our podcast. We are talking to the best of the best when it comes to hairstylists in this industry, and today is no different. I have the amazing two-time Emmy Award winning Kaya Wright on the line. Hi, Kaya. Hey, how are you, ladies? <laughs> Man, I am amazing, and I am so excited to talk to you because our audience, you know, they see the glitz and the glamour, but they don't really know the stories behind you and the amazing work that you do. So I just wanted to kick it off with you giving me a bit about your journey getting into the hair industry. Wow. Um, well, I started on... Just as, as a young aspiring hairstylist back in Washington D.C. and like right out of high school, like I literally took up hair as a trade in high school. So I was like 17, 16, 17 years old. I graduated and I was literally done with hair school. But then I kind of messed up. I think that was the year my mom had passed away when I was like 14, 15. And I just really got sidetracked. And so I, I didn't complete class. I had to end up going back to school and getting maybe like 100 or two hours and getting my license later. So I took it up as a trade. I paid like 200 bucks. And that's how I like literally got my license, I would say. I may have, you know, like I said, I went back for a second just to, you know, just to get the license. But I took it up as a trade in high school. Wow. So that's how I started. Um, then I was really young. I graduated at 17 years old. By summer, I was I had already graduated, and I was like, okay, I wanted to work. And I went to work at this really over-the-top, like, crazy creative salon. I mean, these guys used to work around. Four guys, David Dior was like a mentor of mine. He used to do, like, salt and pepper there back in the day. He was, like, super over-the-top. He used to wear, like, spandex, neon colors. I love it. I mean, <laughs> I mean they were, like, super over-the-top. When it came to, like, inspiring, inspiration, bold, colorful people, I mean, they were it. And I was just like, oh, my God, I want to work with them. So then we worked right in Silver Spring, right along the line. So it was like DC Silver Spring. It was like right there. Our salon was right there. It was called Imagine This. And I was like, I just want to work. I want to work. I'm 17 years old, super eager. And I literally started my career at that point. I didn't even go to um, work. I wasn't ever an assistant. I literally started on the floor at 17 years wow, old. Wow, that is um, unheard of almost. Wow, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, it was like, such, I know that I was pretty much made for it, and I learned from them, and they used to be on me about being really slow, and I mean, they were like, oh, my God, 3,000 years, like, falling on the floor, just a lot of crazy. They would just pick on me, and, and before you knew it, like, I I'm, like, known for being really fast and working really well under pressure. And I think it had a lot to do with them just being on me about speed and being fast and that sort of thing. And that really was the beginning of the my jumpstart of my career, working with those guys, learning everything I could learn. Two years, I was really good. And I was like, you know what? I want to get on the floor, you know? And they were just like, oh. And I was like, well, you know, can I? You know, I was on commission. And I was like, you know what? If you know, I can't get a better situation, then I'm going to leave. And they were like, no. And I think they just didn't think that I was going to do it, and I left. And I went right down the alley, and I started doing hair. And from that moment on, my career really just sort of spiraled up, you know. Um, they were a great jump start. I would, I mean, I really over the beginning of my career to them from just learning so much about just marketing and that sort of thing. But, you know, we, we weren't able to, to, to go on any further. And from there, 
I would do hair shows because BC was really big in hair in the hair show world. So I started doing like these little hair shows in DC because it was about the Bronner Brothers, the hair show. They were huge, and I would do these like hair shows. And I'm like 17, 18, 19, like putting on full production, wow. <laughs> like full on like theater. <laughs> you know, back in DC, it was like theater. Like, you know, we have costumes and we have rehearsals. And it was like super serious. Um, and, you know, I kind of got my feet wet a little bit in that world, you know, doing the hair shows and things like that. And then before you know it, I had met um, a guy friend of mine who, was, who had lived up in New York and he had a girlfriend, a friend of his who owned a salon. And I took one of my la- my last instances of being in D.C. was I took one of my hair shows on the road. He was like, hey, we're doing a hair show in New York. You should come. Took I'm like 18 years old. I packed up that car, got some models. We drove up there, rented a bus, took all our props, clothes, everything. And from that moment on, that is really how I got to New York. Because once I pulled into that city and I saw, like, the city, the heartbeat of the city, really was like, oh, my God. It was like lights, camera, action, right? (laughs) This is it. This is where I want to be. And, you know, and I probably, like, I was probably there for that summer. By, like, winter, I was out. I was like, I'm leaving. I told my grandma, y'all know I'm moving to New York. And they were like, oh, you'll never make it up there. We hear it's hard. You know, country folks don't know no better. Just just kill your dreams. Just dream killers. And I was like, I'm leaving, <laughs> you know, and I left. And I've always sort of really went with my instincts as far as, um, you know, just what I should do next. You know, and just losing my mom at a really early age, being really independent, so young, not really having anybody. I really, you know, just follow my instincts and went with where my heart took me, you know. And um, I went to New York and I just, you know, I have grew a huge clientele in D.C. So what I left was devastating. Like, I probably have over 400 clients. I grew this huge clientele. Remember, I moved right down the alley from them, so I didn't really lose much. I was really always good about keeping my, you know, clients in my databank. I was really, you know, young, just making sure that I was always trying to handle my business at a very early age. And, um... Um, I was big into Tony Robbins books and, you know, yeah. kind of like, I want to be, I want to be successful. I want to be a millionaire at like 18, 19. I was obsessed with like Tony Robbins and like listening to the 48 CDs. And I was just like obsessed with it, <laughs> you know, and it comes with, you know, a lot of sacrifice, you know, like not having family, children, husband, you know what I mean? But that was my journey, and I think it really did stem from just losing my mom so young and not really having a big family and support and that sort of thing. So Your story reminds me a lot, and that's the th- thing about the podcast. We can just have free conversation, but <laughs> it just reminds me so much about um, my mom because she was born and raised in D.C., and mm-hmm. her mom was actually killed when she was 14. So wow. very similar, and she just turned that tragedy, I think that just motivated her hustle even more. So, you know, her route was, you know, going to undergrad and then getting her master's and she's working in the IT field and excelling in that, you know, where she is still today, like a VP now doing her thing. And, you know, this is your mom. Yes, this is my mom. And so (laughs) it's just crazy, you know, listening to that because of the, um, the similarities. And I think, a great nugget that people can get from 
your story is the fact that you can determine the outcome no matter what the circumstances are that you're starting out with. You know, it's up to you to really direct your path because a lot of times, you know, it's easy to make excuses based on whatever we're going through. But people have to remember that everybody has gone through something or is going through something. So what are you going to do with that? But so you're in New York and you're working in the salons and I don't want to skip ahead too far, but (laughs) how did you start getting into the celebrity clientele? So when I moved to New York, like I said, I had met this guy who knew Puffy. And, you know, Puff was hanging out in D.C. a little bit at the time because he was doing little parties and at Howard and that sort of thing. And so I meet him along the journey. So so I decide I'm moving. Moved up there. You know, I brought my aunt and my sister. Like, you want to go? He's like, sure. So we moved up there together. And I met a, a girl by the name of Annette. And she had all the celebrities come in her salon. She was on 43rd and 5th Avenue on, like, the fourth floor upstairs. And I was like, I want to go to the hottest salon. That's always sort of been my thing. I always want to go where the hot people are. I don't want to go. I don't want to go and be scared and, you know, not work where the best. I want to go with the best because I'm really, I love learning and I love salon camaraderie. That's, that's always been my, my thing. Like just the salon environment. I love it, you know, because you can learn. It's where you can learn. Like these little salon suites are like the the death, I think, of a stylist. Mm. But, you know, I feel like working with other stylists, it really does help you learn and evolve and and challenge each other right yeah and the first day i went when i got there she had just suffered a a, a robbery they took everybody put them in the bathroom and the salon had got robbed and when they got robbed naturally some of the stylists left and one girl who was probably a little bit more comparable to myself she got scared. I was like, oh, my God, I'm out of here. I mean, I guess it was so traumatic. She was like, and boom, voila, Kaya comes right in. And I just swept up a clientele. I swept up, you know, new clients. And I was just always eager to win, to learn, to grow, to impress. Like, I was just that type of artist. Anyway, you know, I'm, I'm four years in as a stylist, three, four years as a stylist, and I'm just eager. Like, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. I was that girl. And before you knew it, I had met Biggie, Little Kim, Queen Latifah, her mama. I mean, Mike Tyson. When you you name it, everybody, Biggie, everybody came to this salon because of this girl. And, you know, another blessing I would say is just timing for me. Always about timing. Timing has always played a major role in my life. And um, so I go there, I build up this huge clientele. I, you know, I, I get into music and, and I, I meet Puff. Maybe about a year in, I meet him. And he's like, I got my record label coming out, Bad Boy Records, and I want you to work with my art. Who? Who you want me to work with? He was like, all right, I want her here to look just like yours. I was like, okay, cool. And it was Faith Evans. Oh, my. Stop. (laughs) Yeah. And Faith, so he would send her to me two or three times until I got her right. Yeah, I like that. Nah, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that. So we started out with the blonde. She was dark. You know, and then we, we, you know, we ended up moving her into red because it was like, hmm, that, that, 
white skin and that red hair. So you're telling me hair. you got her to that red signature. That red Kaya, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you were already it's, legendary, it's, but now you're like, oh, what's the, what's a better word? Iconic. Let's go yeah, there. Pioneer. Yes, definitely. I love I'm a this. Veteran. <laughs> I'm getting all the juice. I feel like I'm watching a documentary talking to right, you right, right now. <laughs> so um, I know I was like, I have to put this in my book one day. Yes, you have um, to. So I'm in New York. I, you know, to mind you, I'm there a year. I'm there two years. I meet him, and he's starting the label. And I just remember, like, you know, and then he was like, well, you know, I'll end up going on the road. He's like, all right, because Faith is his first artist. And so he sends me out on the road with Faith for a while. But then Mary is who he's managing. Faith is on his label, but he's managing Mary. So he's like, you know what? Mary and her hairstyle got into it. Kaya, I need you to go on the road wow. and go with Mary now. I'm like, uh, okay. So now this is our first time touring on the road. That's a whole new experience, living on the road, living out of a bag, always being ready, making sure you're able to, you know, just be able to drop everything, be ready from day to night because you're going to go from radio shows. You might be hanging out at the party that night. You know, right. So He's that type of guy. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. So I'm on the road. He's back in New York. He's like, I'm like, whoa, this is hard. He's giving me advice. Like, listen, stay focused. Do what you got to do. And you know what I mean? Like, it's a lot. You know what I mean? Because I've never done it before. I'm like 23 years old. I've never even had this experience in my life. So, um I might have been younger because I got here at L.A. at 28, 29, so I might even been younger. So, anywho, I um, build up this huge clientele there, and that's what began me into, like, just becoming a little bit more popular. Like, I'm, now I'm growing my name. I'm doing Little Kim. I'm doing Total. I'm doing Faith. I'm doing Mary, like, over the years. But I still ended up with – I toured with Mary for a year. I ended up with Faith for, like, 12 years on wow. and off, just back and forth. And that's where I really – I've lived out of a suitcase for probably 10 years. Like, that is straight. insane. I, I know you have stories to tell. That book is going to be so good. <laughs> so many stories. Like, you know, and it just really is about uh, perseverance and uh, just being able to roll at the drop of a dime. you got to be able to be ready, stay ready, so you don't got to get ready. And right. everything that Puffy was can't stop, won't stop. Be ready, you gotta get ready. Like the whole thing was real, and I really lived by it. And you're dropping and, uh, gems right now because honestly, you know, you have what they call, you know, the millennials right now. And yep. they have, you know, the access to social media and they're seeing a lot of highlight reels and they're seeing people that are successful, but not really seeing the story of the grind and how many years they put into it. Mm-hmm. And they're always trying to get to the person that's already made it. Like, I want to be next to Diddy. I want to be next to Beyonce or Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. But they don't think about working with their peers that are rising and what they're doing. And that's a sentiment yeah. to what you were doing because these were yeah. new artists you know and they became legendary artists wasn't yeah imagery wasn't as like puff has always been into you know women and their image always like he would be like all right i want you to do my girl hair and i want you know i mean he i don't want like this i like like he's always been that like female or not he is all into your look. I could see that with the Grammys because he's like, Cassie, so the theme for this weekend is Black Renaissance, Mm -hmm. okay? So let me get the stylist, let me get the glam team because this is what we're doing this weekend. I mean, he's the master of, and I learned a lot from him in that regard as well, too, which is marketing and PR, you know what I mean? Just He was so, you know, he, he really impressed upon my mind 
you know, business and imaging and, and artistry and management, like just understanding it all. And I've had a very blessed, lucky career that way. And right after I moved to New York, I probably stayed in New York maybe like seven years, like I said, on and off on the road and doing that sort of thing. And then September 11th happened. Oh. And when that happened, it really changed the tone of New York City at that moment for years, like maybe two or three years. Everybody was like, I don't want to live here. I want to get out of here. It's too much. It's a whole, you know what I mean? Like everybody was afraid to scary be Scary times because something and like that was, had never happened so in the U.S., never you know? Happened. Never happened. And it was devastating. And I was like, where can I go now? And that's when I moved to L.A. And L.A. for me was like, I literally decided in September and by March, I was in L.A. So five months later, packed up all my stuff, shipped everything here. I was like, I'm out. So you had clients in D.C. and New York mad at you. (laughs) And now you're going across the country. I remember because I would sell out the Christmas cards by hand, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm too tired to eat spinach. I can't. Hundreds of people, me and my sister, were filling out Christmas cards. That's how I remember. I was like, oh, my God, I'm over 300 people. Like, this is too much. I can't. I got to stop, you know. And and so now I'm off to L.A. You know what I mean? I left everything that I had there. And what it taught me was that you can start over. Right. You can. You can make money anywhere you go because it just it's more than just being a good hairstylist. It's so much more. It's so much more. You know, you don't want to get in the way of your talent. You don't want to try to, you know, a lot of a lot of the artists now, they want to be talent. Right. You know what I mean? When you got to you got to stay focused. Some of them definitely try to move like talent. It's interesting. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. And that's the thing that the veterans learned very early on. Like, stop trying to be the talent and just go to do the work and you will last so much longer because to be relevant 25 years later was is is I think you know, pretty remarkable. And I would really, I'm, I'm so grateful to God for that, to still be relevant. And not only relevant, but continued growth within the business because, you know, we'll definitely dive back into this, but I have to run off some of your current celebrity clientele, Tyra Banks, Laverne yes. Cox, Jennifer yes. Hudson, Nicole Arie yes. Parker. Um, we love Sibley Skulls, a.k.a. Sib Vicious from E. Yes. I love the hair that you added to her head. I was like, okay, now I'm seeing, I'm feeling this. But the thing is with videos, I'm like, I need you to get my personal email so you can send me these videos because I can pull the <laughs> photos, but I need those videos too so we can right. promo, but no... We love it. But, you know, just (laughs) seeing that and, you know, you're an Emmy Award winning stylist and then you have your Muse hairline and also Mm -hmm. a salon as well. I'm trying to figure out how you manage all of these moving parts. You know, I think that with over time, you know, you, you know, back when I, you know, once I came to L.A., you know, you start getting older, you know, I'm like, maybe like when I got here, I was like 28, 29, you know, I've been here for 16 years right now. So, you know, when I first got here, it was like, oh, I just want to work with the stars, you know, and I got some amazing stories of how that even happened. And, but, you know, you get to a place where you're like, okay, how many stars can you do? You know what I mean? Like what, you know, you just, it's, it's a journey of just running behind the next, the next, and the next. And I, started to think like how can I leave my own impression here right on this earth as who will I be what would I go down as like you know I want to be legendary I want to be the Paul Mitchell of texture hair care and that has really been my ultimate goal we do not have an ambassador 
for hair care. You know what I mean? It's a lot of people who own product lines, but a lot of our business owners. They're not they're not touching and feeling and and really um, talking hair talk from experience. Right. You know, and I feel like, you know, I'm a veteran. I'm you know, I have tons of awards. I also have a Hollywood Beauty Award I'm looking at right now. I have two Emmys. I have a Golden Scissor Award in D.C. And, you know, it's like all of it, but it's still not enough. You know, I have a salon in Beverly Hills. I'm a, you know, I'm a salon stylist at heart. So when the celebrities are not calling, the salon is You've got your clientele booming. you can rely on. <laughs> yeah, and what most people always ask is, how do you manage all of it? Because this, I know, is a gift. Most stylists cannot do this because it's a lot of work and it's a lot of sacrifice. So stylists, just know <laughs> that it's a big sacrifice because I don't have children. And I'm not married. I've had boyfriends and the whole bit. But, you know, I think, you know, like I said, when my mom passed away, it really did impress upon my mind that we don't come from nothing. You know, and somebody got to become something in my family. Right. You know what I mean? So I think that was my driving motivation to just really become the Paul Mitchell Texture Hair Care, which has ultimately become a global brand. You know, and really, like, I mean, Kim Kimball has done an amazing job at just really just laying down some footprints for us you know what i mean like she's in major department stores and we know who she is and you know what i mean that whole bit and um you know me coming to la she like you know really laid the carpet out so i really take my hat off to her for you know setting those footsteps for us and you know and, and now you know here i come and you know i'm trying to do the same you know and that's why you're so blessed because even Within this interview, that's about you. You're paying homage to other stylists, the people that you worked with from the beginning to stylists that are in the same lane as you. And the fact that there is that camaraderie and you're able to work together, it just shows that, you know, we're so much stronger as a unit and we can teach each other things and help each other kind of skip over some of the pitfalls. Because I'm sure she's been through different things with launching her products and she can say, "Okay, Kaya, girl, don't do this, but do that. You know, I I mean, I wish we could do more of it. I mean, I really, you know, I, I, my goal is to have a, a just a round of foot soldiers that's out here and really, like, really pumping for Muse Hair because I created Muse. That's why it's not Kaya Wright brand. It's the Muse Hair brand because everyone is your Muse. From your, from the artist is my Muse. I'm their Muse. My team is the Muse. You know what I mean? I'm their Muse. They're my Everyday muse. women. <laughs> Everyday women are my muses. So, you know, it was it has always been about everybody else. Yes, and you definitely are a muse because this red hair that you had on your head with this bang. You like it? Ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, I think I'm going to rock this for like a week. No, I am <laughs> all the way here for it. It is so spicy and cute. And I love oh, that you, you represent your own product. That is so important. And you're yeah. always switching it up. And... and I try not to, but it seems like when I post me, I get more likes than sometimes when I post celebrities. Because they want to so see like, your face. They are Kaya uh, fans, you know? Like, I don't want to do it. Hey, you got to use what works, right? (laughs) Use what works. I'm like, you know, I'm grateful. Yeah. It's been a great run, though. You know, being in California years, this is probably the longest. This is home for me now. I've been here for 16 years. Um, You know, and I just, you know, that really is the goal is to really build a global brand. I have my hair company right now. That's doing, we did really good our first year. And I, you know, hope to really, really, really just 
make wigs like the new hair accessory you know it's like a piece of your wardrobe <laughs> oh absolutely i love that and yeah. when i was looking at your bio on your instagram page and i saw wig accessory maker i never saw it phrased like that before and oh you like that in that phrase i love that because it is an accessory <laughs> It's like, it's not your grandmama's wig anymore, okay? We have, like, wig. looks. And, and, and nowadays, if it's done correctly, I can't even yeah. tell it's a wig. I'm like, hey. Exactly. And that's another thing, too. Working, coming here in California, ended up, when I first got here, you know, I had another another story, too, uh, where when I first got here, I was, once again, searching for a hot salon. And at the time, it was a salon called Millennium. And, you know, God is, like I said, very prominent in my life as far as my journey is concerned. Um, you know, the salon, that salon that I went to go work at, the two people that died in the Aaliyah plane crash worked there. No. Those two guys worked there. And I came right when they died. It was crazy. My timing in life has been, I just, I can't even like, even, I mean, it's so unfortunate what happened to those guys because I knew them. I knew the makeup artist, Chris Maldonado, just working in the industry yes. for all those years. Like that was, I mean, that just hit me hard because I'm like, wow, that could have been me, all that traveling with artists and that sort of thing. And, you know, I went in and another guy jumped off the Beverly Center like months before that. So it was like the timing was like unreal you know, with that whole situation. And honestly, these stories show how God really had his hand, has his Man. hands on you because when it's the New York you. story. There was a robbery <laughs> right before you came and then the hottest salon in girl. LA. And it's like, That's wait a I'm minute. Saying. It's like, he's got his angels covering you and shifting Man, you to your purpose. I have so many of them, so many stories like this. So, you know, that uh, just let me know that I'm on the right path, even when I'm feeling discouraged and even when I feel like it's taking too long, even when I'm like, where's the investors? Where's the, I proved it, God, I'm trying, I'm pushing it. I mean, it's still trying and it's still hard and it's still like, I mean, I could imagine like, even with Kim, like, I, I, when I 